All right, welcome back to the Industrial Automation Insider Podcast. My name is Matt Van Bogart, and I'm the Senior Business Development Manager at Zebra, and today's host for this episode, talking about barcode RFID and vision. So I've been around the automation manufacturing space for uh, for a couple decades, and I've worked in projects around barcoding and machine vision, not so much RFID, but being in this space, it's hard to ignore the trends that happen uh, from time to time about these technologies and where they play with one another. And you know, maybe a decade ago, there was a a, a big push in in the market where you know certain people said that RFID technology would replace the barcode and. You know what I have seen, and I think what's uh, what's commonplace in in most companies that adopt these technologies is that they tend to leverage one or the other or multiple technologies based upon their specific use cases and how each one of these technologies fits their line of business. It's 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 not uncommon to see all of these. Uh, technologies side by side in some companies, depending upon what their specific use cases are and what their business is. So with that, I'm excited to have three guests joining me today to add context to this conversation. Uh, Jim Witherspoon, who you have heard before in in past podcasts, is part of our machine vision organization, and he's been in this industry and space for uh, for well over a decade and brings a lot of <clears throat> experience um, into into this business. And I think we'll add a lot of context to to this conversation. Also joining is Charles LaForge. Um, he is uh, part of our ADC business and brings a lot of expertise around barcoding, barcode technology, et cetera. And then finally, uh, Bob Grant is joining us as well. Bob is representing the RFID side of this conversation. He's been with Zebra uh, for many, many years and has an extensive background both in RFID as well as in barcoding technology. So with that, uh, welcome, gentlemen. I appreciate uh, you all being here. I wanted to start this conversation and talk a little bit about, you know, uh, where is barcoding technology? Um, Do we think that it's going to be retired or pushed to the side because there are there are different or better technologies that that can surpass the value that barcoding brings to companies and brings to to users. <clears throat> so, well, Charles, I wanted to get your impression on this, and of course, Bob and 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 Jim, please feel free to step in and 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 add context wherever it makes sense. But Charles wanted to get your thought on kind of the history of the barcode and where do we see things going in the, in the future in terms of this technology? Sure. So, uh, yeah, the barcodes have been around for decades, you know, 1D barcodes. We're, we're all familiar with the UPC that's on a box of cereal or whatever uh, that we're buying. Uh, we also see 2D barcodes on our boarding passes on our and uh, passports and, and other things like that. Um, but uh, the 1D, the barcode itself is, is going to be around for quite some time. It's embedded into the packaging. People are familiar with and using it are using it, um, but what we'll see is actually kind of a transition, more of a shift to more using uh, more 2D barcodes on packages. You know, the 1D barcode gives you it's kind of an identifier of what that package is, box of cereal, for example, but it doesn't necessarily tell you anything specific about that individual box that you have in your hand. 
that's where the, the 2D barcode kind of comes in. That 2D barcode can contain, in addition to the, the product ID, it can contain the manufacturing date, any lot code, um, freshness date. So it, things that can be used um, by various individuals in the supply chain in, in, in retail. Uh, thanks to standards bodies like GS1, we're seeing the 2D barcode, the, the content that goes into a 2D barcode, be more standardized, so it'd be more uh, usable across different applications. Uh, and uh, th you know, this this type of you know uh, standard is helping drive usage of 2D barcode scanners and deployments of those. Yeah, excellent. So you know, who uh, who would benefit most from uh, from leveraging a data matrix or a QR code or or another type of uh, two-dimensional barcode? What are some of the customers or use cases out there, um, you know, that are driving uh, the most uh, the most value from this technology? Uh, the short answer is just about everybody, but it's because it can be used by the manufacturer to really understand the lot lots and, and control that, uh, all the way down to the consumer um, and the retailer. So uh, that, so say freshness, for example, um, ensuring that you know if you at the front end you scan that 2D barcode to identify the product, but also the freshness state, you can stop that transaction from happening if if that particular product is expired, for example. Um, so that also benefits the consumer and the consumer with the the mobile phones, you know, being able to scan that barcode to get more information about that product, um, where it was made, maybe some history about it. Um, so. I think a lot of a lot of individuals and organizations can benefit from that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, there are a lot of people I don't think that really know, you know, the value of the data matrix or 2D code is that you can encode or embed significantly more information in that symbol. Um, and in most cases, in a smaller footprint. So a very small data matrix code, just as an example, can contain a lot of information, um, alphanumeric characters, part numbers, um, you know, like you said, expiration dates, where uh, specific information about where that product was manufactured. Um, so I could see, I could see a lot of companies looking to and leverage um, uh, more and more of the data matrix code to, to provide more information and content about, about uh, their product or uh, say information on a label. So that all makes sense. What about like you know, similar applications around RFID is are there are there things that can be done in an RFID tag or label similar to like a data matrix where you can encode or put more information in that in that um, in that particular tag? Bob, do you have any context or comments on that? Yeah, sure. Yeah, so absolutely. I mean, you know, the the RFID tag can encode you know the same information that you can find you know in a gs1 barcode i um, mean you know, i think you know barcodes and rfid will coexist for quite some time in the future i, I certainly probably in my lifetime i, I think they're going to coexist you know i think you have to look at the particular use case and what you need to do i mean you know rfid is very good at at bulk reading for instance right you know um in an automation sense, right? So, you know, think of, you know, a bunch of tags going through, um, you know, a, a truck door going into the back room of retail space, right? Um, you know, as they go through, 
you know, you, you'll, you'll read many tags at once, right? And, and have the ability to, to look at many things going through the portal or in this, what we call control point strategy or choke point, right? And that's what RFID is really good at. Um, there are some things that RFID won't excel at, right? I mean, you know, most likely you're not gonna go to a retail place and tag every pack of gum with an RFID tag. It just doesn't seem to be very effective to do that, right? Cost-wise or energy-wise or efficiency-wise, right? Um, so I, I think you have to look at them as, as coexisting um, kind of technologies. And I think they'll be like that for a long time. Um, you know, there are use cases where RFID is, is very prevalent, right? You know, think of parent-child type things, you know, how many in pharmaceutical, um, you know, how many bottles, if every bottle was labeled with an RFID tag, you could very easily bring all those bottles into a case level, right? And bring all those cases into a pallet level tag, right? And then when you read that pallet level tag, right, you'll uh, you know. have all the information on all the, the pieces within the case and uh, the pieces within each box, right? So I think you have to look at the, you know, the application and the use cases, and there's certainly some some winners on the RFD, RFID side and certainly winners on the barcode side. Yeah. Okay. So we talked a little bit about retail. You know, you just use an example about, you know, that parent-child relationship, like, you know, tracking, you know, bottles of of, of pills or drugs in, in in pharma. Are there are there other, you know, use cases for RFID for other industries maybe that uh, that are more emerging? That you know could draw the attention of of people that uh, that have not ever thought about using RFID. Are you seeing any trends in the market? New, you know, new industries coming to the technology and finding clever ways to to leverage it. Yeah, well, when you when you look at the data, right, the the RFID tag has really proliferated pretty pretty well in in the retail space and you know item level retail and apparel and specialty apparel and places like that, right? Um, so I think it's well known in the apparel industry, you know, what RFID can do for inventory visibility. Um, one interesting, you know, um, thing that we're working on is um, this quick service restaurant. You know, so the next adjacent, uh, you know, the the apparel area is growing somewhere, you know, in excess of 15% year after year in KGAR, right? Um, you know, the next, one of the largest segments is actually what they call food retail, right? You know, think of your quick service restaurants and some other, you know, retail app, um, uh, environments for, for food, right? And, you know, the fast food industry is really looking at RFID to help them in their control point strategy to figure out when stuff is, where the inventory is, when do they need the inventory, and more importantly, um, um, you know, what's the expiration date of perhaps the the lettuce that they just brought in, you know, two weeks ago, right? And, you know, give them the first in, first out availability. I know what's in my restaurant. Um, I know that I'm going to use this bag of lettuce first, right? Because I got that two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. um, so they're looking at some use cases like that. Uh, plus safety. Think about the safety recalls. You know, every time, you know, something goes wrong with the uh, pick on lettuce again, right? Lettuce, right? Um, these retailers have to throw out every single piece of lettuce they have in order to ensure the, the safety of their uh, of their clients, of their, you know, purchasers. Um, just think that, you know, if everything was RFID tagged, you could tell exactly what lot that came from and where it came from and just throw out the stuff that uh, is, is a suspect and not, uh, not everything that's uh, in your locker room, right in your freezer. Sure, sure. Are there are there blurring lines between barcode and RFID technology? I mean, are there uh, companies yeah. using using yeah, I, both I, both technologies on in on one package? And again, I'm trying to keep these examples, you know, simple and straightforward. But you know, you think of a I box, of, yeah, of absolutely, Matt. I, I mean. Um, like I said, uh, barcodes are going to be here for quite some time. There, is in re there are even retailers that 
use the barcode for, I'm going to say their POS systems, right? Very difficult to integrate, you know, new, new technologies in their back end. So, you know, they do their daily transaction with a barcode, but then they use an RFID tag and read it and actually put, I'll say, the system of record for their inventory, right? So that they know through their RFID system what they have and where they have it on, you know, in their store, but they'll still continue to use the barcode um, for their point of sale transactions and, um, I guess, reconcile the financial end of their business, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, great example. Um, Charles, anything to add to to Bob's comments? Uh, I, I would seem like the... Um... The barcode is definitely something that that's a ubiquitous and available, and anything that you can add value, like the RFID um, for health or inventory uh, consistencies, uh, we see a lot of retailers are interested in that. Awesome, cool, cool. Well, wanted to loop in Jim in this in this conversation as well, and get you know some of his thoughts about you know machine vision deployments, applications, and you know get some of your input too about you know the reading of barcodes and machine vision technology is there overlap there do you see trends uh, moving you know, you know, one direction or another in terms of how machine vision can be leveraged um, with barcodes maybe with RFID I don't know but you know, we'd love to get uh, some of your thoughts on on some of those use cases and applications Sure, certainly. Yeah, uh, we are seeing a, an absolute increased demand of the two de technologies playing together. Uh, a lot of a lot of applications have been either traditional RFID or a traditional barcode kind of blending together. And one of those is a scan tunnel, right? Uh, Bob kind of mentioned that, you know, you're putting some stuff on the truck, you could scan and get it. Uh, people like to double up with that technology sometimes. So you could deploy, you know, your RFID reader. Um, you know, machine vision tends to only work when you can see the barcodes. So as the guys have talked about, you know, if you have a stack of, of product or a bunch of shirts in a box, uh, you know, a, a vision system can't see through that where RFID is good. Uh, or the outer tote or the, the leader box, you know, or the, you know, the main packing box uh, could have a license plate on it. So you could see some barcode reading there. So we're starting to see that technology kind of merge together, which is kind of cool. Uh, we're also seeing, you know, the applications where people want to verify the counts of RFID. There's a lot of mixed packing going on in the logistics world where, you know, there's a tote and, you know, you, you go to a, a website and you buy a bunch of different products and pieces. Those all get put in the tote and then shipped to you eventually. Um, you know, the RFID systems, if those were tagged, could read it all. But then there's a lot of inspections with vision to check those. Did I, act, did I get my box of tissues? Did I, did I get my razor blades? Uh, maybe I could just look for blobs. So the RFID system reads five items. I look in the box and see five blobs. Mm -hmm. That that might be good enough. Or maybe we start moving towards deep learning. We could actually identify those and make sure that the two systems are working together. So almost those two coming together to make a, a error-proofing system, if you will. So we're seeing a lot of that. Uh, and again, with the rise of deep learning, some of that's in the future. Uh, in, in retail environments, uh, you know, self-checkout is, is not fast, right? There's, if you go online, you'll read a lot of articles about how people hate it and they don't like it. So a hybrid technology to improve those speeds and make that transactional piece of that shopping experience better for people. And we're seeing a lot of those two, two technologies kind of merging together um, for barcode reading, RFID, and even vision, you know, to, to again, error-proof to make sure there's not tag switching. 
Uh, there's also the veggie vision mm -hmm. piece where, you know, you, you put your vegetables or, or something down and it, it tries to identify that. Uh, there's nothing worse if, if you've gone shopping and have to sort through the thousands of SKUs to make sure you got the right kind of peas or right kind of lettuce that, that Bob was talking about. So technologies like that could really help and enhance uh, a lot of that, that technology or, or that market. Um, what's cool about all of it is Zebra has it all, right? That's kind of the cool thing. Yep. So you could get the right mix of, of technologies and solutions, right? It's, it's one call. Uh, we're also spending a lot of time trying to make those technologies work better together or, or seamlessly integrate uh, to help people who want to choose that mixed technology to get their, their most of their investments. So uh, yeah. it, it, it's a pretty cool section of the world. You know, it sounds like it's complex and one's going to win, but like, like the guys have said, I, I don't see that happen. I see a lot of those technologies playing together and working together to create, you know, a hundred percent scans, a hundred percent quality, if you will. Yeah. 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 There's uh there's a reason why I never use a self checkout whenever I have produce because it takes me 15 minutes to look at the SKUs. <laughs> I would rather have a camera you know, until, you know, tell the point of sales system or the self-checkout system that I'm buying apples or oranges versus bananas or something like that. So awesome, awesome examples. I wanted to talk a little bit about, you talked a little bit about deep learning, just, uh, just mentioned it a minute ago. You wanted to get some of your thoughts on, 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 on OCR and, uh, you know, uh, uh, what's happening with with deep learning, and I don't know if it's AI or not, but you know, what's happening with deep learning in terms of, you know, <clears throat> helping some of these machine vision algorithms work better, you know, make them faster, make them easier to set up and deploy. Can you kind of share some of you know, what you've seen over the course of the last couple of years emerging in this in this area? Certainly. So uh, deep learning is uh, trendy, right? Everyone hears about it every day. Uh, if you watch the news or read an article, you're hearing about it. Well, it, there are applications that are good entry level ones. And one of them is OCR. And OCR is optical character recognition. So it's basically reading text, right? So even on the barcode, there's there's numbers underneath the barcode. You could read that if the, if the barcode was destroyed. Um, you could also just read the box and you could see that it says rice or beans or or, or whatever. So so that technology is there. What's made it come on with a vengeance is the the ability to use deep learning, like you mentioned, right? So in the past, it was very time consuming to create solutions. You just have to trade train each individual letter multiple times. Uh, now you just basically draw a box around the text and it's it's gonna read. It, it, I'm not gonna say it's black magic because it's deep learning, but it's really cool. Uh, you could get predefined character sets based based off of thousands and thousands and thousands of images. You know, draw a box and you're gonna read and, ha and have you know 95% success without having to train. So so that's really cool, and that's really some of those technologies that we're we're leveraging deep learning and the market's asking for it is make things easier for us, help us. Yeah. All right. So so in the end, OCR is another tool in the sandbox. Again, everyone wants faster read rates. They want to be able to error proof uh, and get things done faster and more accurate and track things better. OCR is another tool. And with that deep learning, it's really becoming really powerful, really easy to use and quick to deploy and a real weapon for people out there. Yeah, yeah. We will link in in the notes for this for this podcast. There's a video that one of our colleagues had done um, that was posted to LinkedIn where he was drawing characters on on the screen and, and, and or excuse me 
uh, camera was looking down on a piece of paper and he was drawing characters and the OCR tool was instantly recognizing random you know, randomly drawn characters and instantly recognizing them it was it was very impressive so we'll link we'll link to to that video here in the in the uh, uh notes for the show so you know what about you know transportation and logistics you talked a little bit about like e-commerce and you know buying multiple products from a e-commerce and those being you know combined into one box and the overlap of machine vision and RFID anything else you know that you're seeing when it comes to transportation and logistics where you know machine vision is a interesting solution for some of these companies yeah absolutely so the presence absence inspections right maybe is there an RFID tag there or not you know that's always a good one a lot oh. of label label inspections right is the is the barcode correct is the data on that correct uh are, are the date codes correct the lock codes correct and charles mentioned before uh about expiration dates no one wants to ship expired products so if you could read those uh, on labels or, or sell by dates on products and not ship them from the beginning you know you could do a lot of things there so there's a bunch of applications we're starting to see people think about vision and uh, we talked about the ocr but you know label inspection read it off the printer Right, make sure it's the right label, then check the, the box to make sure that it was put on the box correctly. Again, all about error proofing mm -hmm. and all about trying to get that, that quantity right, trying to get the, the shipment right, because no one likes to receive the wrong stuff or expired stuff. And that and everyone's aware of that, right? No one it costs money to ship that stuff. So those technologies are really starting to to drive those in the TNL world. Yeah, and we're also, I guess, probably seeing these in in what we call, you know, last mile, either either being delivery being done at 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 home or or products being being sorted through a a facility and put on trucks. I would imagine that there's high speed barcode reading applications, probably machine vision applications in those in those areas. I know. I know that a lot of the mail sorting uh, uh, systems leverage RFID. Are these technologies being looked at um, at scale for for these operations? You know, thinking about mail delivery, parcel delivery, et cetera. I would imagine that there's that there's that there's plenty of overlap in using these technologies for the last mile. So, Bob, any any anything to to share? In yeah, you know, I, it, we call it there's last mile and mid mile. I mean, there's there's a bunch of terms for this kind of stuff and uh, you know, you can read the newspapers or, or the reports from various different transportation logistic companies that are out there. And you know, one company is very uh, vocal about what they're doing with RFID. And, you know, their goal is to, to tag every single package with an RFID tag. You know, one of the reasons is they want to make sure every package gets on the truck that needs to go to the spot that it needs to be delivered at. You know, one of their biggest problems is um, wrong package on wrong truck unsatisfied customer because they didn't get their package when they thought they were going to get them and worse yet um, redundant and activity in in um, with their um, uh, personnel right you know got to come back put it on a different truck um, spend a lot of money doing that I'm you can read in the newspapers you know how much money that is but there's a lot of money being spent on I'm going to call it um, the miss miss bringing boxes into the wrong trucks for for delivery right um that's certainly you know part of the the last mile thing um you know the the other thing that you know you know we see you know just um maybe not last mile but you know just um you know what we're seeing uh like i mentioned with uh, with food chain um fast food chain um 
product, right? That, you know, they need to have product um, in their store when they need it, right? And if they don't know what's the inventory and what's in there, they can't order the right food or not, right? So, um, you know, bringing food into these restaurants is, is quite important at the right time in the right place, right? So those are some thoughts, I guess. Yeah, one other thing to add to that is that uh, I was watching some parcels being delivered to my home last week, and I noticed that one of the delivery drivers now is taking a snapshot picture of the delivery at my at my home. And so I, w- I walked out and just chatted with him for, for a few minutes. Obviously, there's been signature capture for a long time, but he said that they do two things with those images. One is that it guarantees that the product was, was delivered. And then they also aggregate all of the images to look for damaged boxes. Yeah. Um, and they use some type of algorithm, uh, some type of machine vision, I'm guessing, to look at corners and edges and wrinkles in boxes because they want to be able to detect, you know, that that there's a quality of service when it comes to hand delivery. So there's all sorts of cool things that that uh, that are happening in that in that space as well. I wanted to you know, just talk briefly and get get your guys' opinions about AI and artificial intelligence. We talked a little bit about deep learning and there's probably, you know, nuance between those two words and what they mean and 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 you know, you know, they're not necessarily the same thing, but they, they certainly play in the same sandbox. Um you know, Jim, are you are you seeing or Charles, are you guys seeing AI and and deep learning being used to enhance you know, how we deliver solutions to customers? Yeah, certainly. It's uh, it's definitely uh, a driving technology. There, there's so much behind it, uh, whether it's in the transportation manufacturing world, uh, that it's not going away and it's only going to make things easier. There's applications that were you know brought in the past you know 10 years ago that you couldn't do right with standard machine vision tools or or any kind of algorithm and today you can now achieve those with with deep learning and and that's what's cool you you mentioned one with damaged packages and damaged goods that's a great example right when you don't know what the defect is or where the defect is that's really hard for standard machine vision but uh, you know, trained properly, you could really use deep learning to to start to look for those anomalies and look for those defects. And and like you said, it's all about providing quality and and accuracy. And to me, deep learning and AI is, is really driving towards that. Right? It's going to help everybody do things a little bit differently and achieve that goal of of, of almost being perfect. Right? As perfect as you could get with with these services and delivery mechanisms. Yeah, I think uh, you know, deep learning and AI are you know words that are used a lot, right? But um, and I don't know if it's deep learning or AI, but, you know, we we do algorithms, just simple algorithms, right? You know, um, we're using passive RFID tags to do location, right? And one of the important things that you need to figure out is, you know, is that tag moving or not, right? Because if it's not moving, you you know, it, it's a static environment. If it's moving, it's dynamic. And it's easier if you know that to locate things easier if you know that it's moving or, or standing still, right? And so, you know, we have some algorithms that figure that out, right? You know, it's kind of kind of deep learning or kind of AI or kind of um, you know, learning, let's call it learning, I don't know about deep, mm-hmm. right? But um, we're learning through different situations when tags are moving and when they're not um, and using that information to more accurately give us the uh, location of that inventory, right? Yeah, so it sounds to me like, I mean, it's one thing to have, 
you know, clever, clever hardware systems and innovative industrial design and all this stuff. But it seems to me like a lot of the value that's actually being delivered uh, to to customers in a lot of these use cases revolves more around the software and um, 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 how clever uh, we can make your products easier to set up, easier to deploy, et cetera. And then obviously leveraging advancements in deep learning, AI, some of these other buzzwords in, you know, across multiple industries to make the solutions uh, uh, more, more streamlined, simple, more powerful, and uh, make them uh, more, more intelligent. So, yeah, and, you know, uh, sometimes, sometimes that, that learning, right, is actually embedded in the device itself, right? So it's really not external software that you're driving stuff. It's, it's, you know, I, I, I look at a difference between software and firmware, right? And, you know, we're putting, you know, edge kind of computing, you know, algorithms, right, in our devices, right? So that, that it's actually, you know, on device um, functions and features rather than off device, right? Sure. Sure. And, and as far as the learning is, is capturing the data and being able to, to capture the data in the first place so that the models can, can you know, self-learn and continuously learn and make the, the models much more robust over time. Right? Have more products in, in, in the database, um, better accuracy over time. Excellent. Cool. Any any final thoughts uh, on on any of the topics that we covered before we uh, we close close this particular podcast? No, it's an exciting time. I mean, it's it's really cool to see uh, the, all the technologies we talked about continue to grow. I think it is a, a period of rapid expansion in all of them, you know, driven by a lot of that that deep learning AI stuff. So it's just really cool uh, to see how things are evolving so quickly uh, these days and, and yeah. the demand for it. So yeah, and, and to to make the point again, you know, Zebra's in a great position to um, benefit right from from all these technologies where probably the only company, um, you know, certainly one of the strongest companies that have all different kinds of technologies to help solve customer use case problems, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, well, thank you, gentlemen, for for your time and your insights uh, to this to this conversation and to close on on Bob's uh, on Bob's last comment. Yeah, Zebra's got a, a, a very impressive portfolio of, of solutions across Barcode reading, RFID, and machine vision, and we continue to make investments in those in those areas, um, you know, almost almost daily. So, thank you very much, um, <clears throat> Jim, Charles, and Bob, for joining me today, and uh, for our guests listening to the podcast. You can find this and other podcasts in the Industrial Insider series on Your Edge blog on Zebra.com. Thank you.